Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Mohanad is here. Hello. And he's too hot. Too hot. Can't touch this. <laughs> and Bernie is here. Wagwan. Wagwan is you're in uh, your parents' house, isn't it? I am in my parents' house. It's uh, because Ontario is the single worst province in the world for COVID. Hey. So, <laughs> There's a backstory to that, but I'll leave it there. Japan has banned us, apparently. Thanks, Alex, for the update. Yeah, no worries. Just keeping a, keeping a tab on you know, which countries are banning Ontarians from coming in because we're so shit at getting rid of this disease. Anyway, hi. <laughs> hope, hope everyone's well. Um, right. We've got a lot to talk about today. There's Premier League, there's La Liga because there was a Clasico, there's the Champions League because we're in between the quarterfinals. Um, but we're going to start with the big one. It was massive. It was all anyone could talk about. It's going to be an anti-climax, isn't it? It was Brighton nil, Everton nil. What did I say? <laughs> Bernie, you're annoying. <laughs> uh, no, I, d- I genuinely don't even want to talk about that at all. Save to say that Everton are doing what they always do and Brighton are going to scrape by and I'm in favour of that. The only thing I want to know from this game is what was Brighton's XG? Probably like 12. <laughs> yeah, I think Brighton are pretty much going to stay up at this point. I mean, they should with seven games to go. So I'm, I'm happy with that because it looks like Fulham are not going to make it. So yeah. I mean, West, also, Bra- West Brom are trying to mount a late comeback, but we'll talk about that, I'm sure. We, we will talk about that. It, it also just like, the longer that Everton don't make progress, the weirder it is that Ancelotti is their manager. Do you know what I mean? Like you can accept it for a while, but then if nothing happens, Ancelotti's just managing a mid-table club. And it's just, it just gets weird. But we did say that Ancelotti would not make a f- like a, even a, like an inch of difference. <laughs> like we did say it, and remember, like two games that people were like, oh my God, Everton are so good. <laughs> when Look what Ancelotti does. Like, wait, guys, <laughs> it's Everton. Come on. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I always, maybe I'm just the way I look at everything. It's just like, it could have been worse. Like, I feel like even coming, you know, we have, we talk about the top six, but like everything, if everything end in eighth or, you know, if they do a bit better and end in seventh, um, that's, I think, is quite a, like, it's an achievement in itself because the league has been crazy. It's been topsy-turvy. You know, they're, I don't know. I, I know Everton are kind of that team that is just outside of the bracket, right? And then they should be first in that second level. I, but like I everyone's know. in the second level. Yeah, now. every exactly. <laughs> everyone's in there. So you're the best of the rest. So I think that's really as good as Ancelotti can do because he's not going to match a Leicester or at Spurs. I know West Ham are a bit of an anomaly this season, but, you know, I don't think it's fair to ask them to finish above any of those top six teams. But is it? You know, I guess this is the we didn't expect to talk about Everton Brighton this much, but whatever, let's do it. <laughs> like, is it not like I mean, it's Ancelotti, right? He's this elite manager and blah 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 blah. Is is it not like Leicester should not be where they are? You know, in quotes, right? I'm saying in quotes. You know, they still say traditional big six. They don't put them in there. Like, if Leicester can make the jump with decent scouting and whatever else, what excuse do Everton have? And Everton even have more money than them. I think that's the problem. I think Everton got rich and then they just started spending money really badly. And like, they might might just be turning that around now, but there's still so even, many players in that squad that are just even not... West Ham, right? Like, look, look what yeah. they're doing. All we're all I think we've asked for 
Is Franz Lotti to just do what West Ham did? <laughs> yeah, just outmanage Moyes. That's that's really it. Anyway, that's that's really enough from them. Um, I don't know that we have enough Everton listeners to complain if we move on right now. But um, Tottenham one, Manchester United three. Uh, Bernie, go off. Wow, this is the second week in a row. You guys have just said Bernie, just do your thing, and and I am. I'm happy about that. <laughs> we, we, only, we only join in when there's banter. You guys are not doing well. So when you're doing well, it's just like, just tell us how it is and we can move on. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's been a long time. Uh, no, but no, like, honestly, I was nervous because of the 6-1 battering that we got early in the season. Um, and I remember Mohan and I went on a long walk. <laughs> and I said, it's a fitness and lack of preseason thing. And he was reasonable then on the part he becomes unreasonable but he was reasonable in our discussion then. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been the case United have only lost four games there's less than anyone else in the league um so far they have not lost an away game in a year and a half and they've gotten the most points from a losing position so lots of things are going right at Manchester United some things are still not great but this is actually a vast improvement over last season and this showed because they scored a good goal in this game that was deemed, well, it was disallowed. And Tottenham scored, and the wheels could have come off. You know, the, only at the wheel, the wheels could have really come off. But they came back on, and they destroyed Tottenham. This was a battering, and more impressive to me than, you know, 6-1, 6-1, but that is a red card thing. This was horrible from Spurs and magnificent from Man United all the way through. Every single player in that second half was absolutely brilliant. And Spurs could not, Spurs couldn't do a damn thing about it. It was wonderful. Before we get to that second half, and I know you want to talk about Pogba's performance in the second half because there's been a lot of raving about that. But before we get to that, what was your initial thought about Ole dropping one of the whatever wingers or let's say attacking players in instead and playing, um, I guess, Pogba or Fred, whoever you want to call, played like basically an extra midfielder in there instead of a, a, a wide player. How did you feel initially before, you know, without the hindsight um, of the performance? Initially, I was not nervous, but I knew he was trying to stifle. You know what I mean? It was like, he, he, he's thinking, I lost 6-1 to these guys before. I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to open up in this game. Like, I'm going to keep it tight, keep it compact. Spurs aren't going to do anything to me anyway. I think he, he did this with the intention of when I need to open up, I can open up. I think that was a game plan. I didn't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There was, there was no doubt about it. But it, again, it's in the top, in the games against the big six, they've ended nil-nil, 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 one-nil, whatever. This could have gone there. It really could with these two guys <laughs> as managers. But I'm glad that it did. I think, I think it was, like it, obviously it's worked out. And, and I understand the trauma of the 6-1 leading to some decisions that you might not otherwise have taken. But I did feel that it wasn't necessary. I, and I, I was a bit perplexed by United in the first half. This, this was a, a classic game of two halves, Clive. Because like, the first half, Spurs were okay. They scored a goal. United had the ball but weren't too threatening for the most part, apart from obviously the disallowed goal. And then the second half was just completely different. It was all United. And I just wondered, like... Where was that from the off? Because, again, I understand wanting to mitigate the threat, but Spurs haven't been good for a long time. There, there really wasn't that much to fear here. And, and it, was a little, it was a little hesitant 
I thought. I think things become very personal after you lose 6-1 to Jose Mourinho, especially. So I agree with you, but I think when I think about it, there was only one way he was going to play this game. And that was with, with Pogba on that left and Rashford on the right and trying to keep it tight and not make mistakes because they made mistakes in that first game, right? A lot of it, you know, positional mistakes, giving the ball back too quick. Martial stopped on Lamella. It lost their heads. This was about keep calm and it's Jose, which made the win for me all the sweeter, the win for Ole, because we've seen the pictures. And listen, I don't care what anyone tells me, Ole was really enjoying this over Jose. Like, of course. This is not just I'm happy. Like, even the picture where, like, he intercepts Luke Shaw's handshake. Like, listen, he was like, no, 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 no. I'm he enjoyed the moment. He definitely enjoyed yeah. it. You could tell, like, on a personal level. So let's talk about two maybe different performances. Let's start with a positive in Pogba, and then I want to move on to maybe Bruno in, in, in a big game again. So let's talk a little bit of a Pogba because he's been getting some stick recently, and we always kind of, we mention him usually when things are not going well, etc. But I think we talked about it last week, and we talked, you know, are, 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 are United going to give him a contract extension, etc. And how, how do you feel about his performance, especially in the second half? You know, he pretty much ran the show and kind of decided to step up in that half. Paul Pogba's performance was absolutely magnificent. It is what Paul Pogba can do when Paul Pogba is motivated. And there's no better motivation than sticking it to the actual virus of this world in Jose Mourinho and the man who staged this whole thing. Because there's a great article in The, in, in the Athletic that talked about Jose's time at United. And he staged that whole thing with him and, him and Pogba and everyone knows it now. You know, the camera thing on the training pitch, he staged it to do to make Pogba look bad. So as much as we talk about Pogba being a bad guy and whatever, he wasn't. Jose was the asshole. And he wanted, I'm, I'm sure he wanted to prove something. And coming off that left, he was stiff-arming people. He was, he put Hoiberg on his ass and then he stiff-armed Dyer. He was, the skills that he was displaying in this game were just silky. It was Yaya-esque. With a, with, a, with a, like, you know, just with the forward runs, but also the technical ability as well. Even the, even, the inter, even the disallowed goal in the first half, the pass, you see how he rolled it back first and then not made the guy with the pass? It was a world-class performance in that second half. You just wish it happens more and more. Doesn't mean he should stay because he clearly wants to leave, and I don't believe in begging players to stay. But the guy can be world-class when he wants to be. It's, it's literally about when he wants to be. All right. Now, in contrast, Bruno... How do you feel about his performance against another quote unquote, you know, top team, big six? I thought he was missing a little bit. He didn't, you know, I thought he he didn't shine as much as he as as we would have well expect is is weird to say, you know, we expect him, I guess, to shine, but he's not really been doing against the, the bigger teams or the in, in the bigger games. What are your thoughts on that? They interrupt his sonar. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, I thought he had a good game. I think that um in the I've said this on record on the pod. I don't think Bruno has had a good three months performances-wise. I think he's put up some good numbers. I don't, I don't forget big games. I think general, all games. I don't think he has been magisterial, as Ray Hudson would say. But in this game, he kept it simple. And for the most part, he did the right things. He wasn't throwing the ball around, you know, just trying random things as he does a lot of the time. So it was a measured and composed performance. And even that little, that, that little nutmeg, to get the ball to, to Mason Greenwood, which he went to nutmeg and then cross himself. But Mason intercepted it. It's that, that little skill that he has. He even did another one where he just put Lamella on his ass. 
And I was like, sometimes this is the performance you need. This is what you need to knit it together. You and Pogba can do it together instead of just you. So I was actually, overall, I thought performance was very good without the, the stats this time, which is the flip right. side of what I've been doing. Right. And that Greenwood cross was just sublime. It had the perfect arch on it to Cavani. And that's what Cavani wants. Cavani just wants the ball early in the box. He's got the space. He's got the kind of that movement of the ball. And you guys have talked about it earlier in the season. Cavani's kind of smart movement of the ball, etc. that we don't always see because not all the chances turn into, you know, highlight moments. Um, but brilliant cross from Greenwood and a, and a great header from Cavani. So I, th- I thought that was a really good goal. Cavani is Eric Dyer's worst nightmare. Because Dyer is like, if you're in front of me and I can see you, like, things are okay in my world. But if you're moving around, like, running off the back, changing position, he, like, he's just completely... So, if you're a striker, Cavani. basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a striker that isn't Giroud, I suppose. I, I saw like, this thing that was so funny, Alex. It was like... It was, no, it's a podcast I was listening, listening to, and they were like, you know, Cavani's movement is elite, is elite, is elite. But they were like... But he, I'm sure he didn't have to move as much as he normally would because it was Eric Dyer. <laughs> it's so true. But that that goal and that cross, and frankly Greenwood's performance, it, to me, the, there was a a bit of a theme in this game, especially in the second half, um, which was like substitutions and and how to change the game and how to manage the game. And this used to be Mourinho's strength, right? But in the second half, he did the most Mourinho thing he could possibly do and took off. And Dombele and Lo for Sissoko and Lamella. And when that happened, you're just looking at it like, so you've given up on trying to win the game then. And then they went and lost it. Whereas Ole brought on Greenwood and he had that magnificent effect with the, the assist and then the goal. It was, just, it was just such a clear difference, you know, in, in attitude. and approach, yeah. I should add that of any manager in the Premier League, Ole's substitutes have scored the most goals. So... It's another myth that we have to dispel of people saying he doesn't make substitutes, he doesn't use his squad. If his substitutes scored the most goals in the Premier League, clearly he's doing the right thing there. So it's, it's another thing, and I'll go off a little bit because this includes me ranting about Jose Mourinho. But Sorry, is, is Donny one of those? Or? He's got one, so he counts, I guess. <laughs> Chipping um, in. And, and also, Donny not touching the ball is actually very important. Remember, we talked about this. Masterclass, so, yeah. So he, he counts. But... Again, it's another myth in the situation where this idiot Tottenham athletic reporter said something in the 6-1 where he's like, it's not about the transfers, it's not about this, not about that. It's about a manager who, is, uh, who was the most relevant in the game against a manager who never was. And that's not how football works. And I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that that, that clown has kept that, that post up all this time because every time Spurs lose he gets ratioed on that thing <laughs> and he got ruined this weekend because listen Jose is not hasn't been relevant for 10 years that's one two I'm not gonna re- I'll repeat what I said last week Solskjaer has significantly improved Manchester United all we wanted was stability he's given us that and improved us tenfold compared to where we were with even with Jose so when people talk a lot of shit we're 14 points up on these idiots in fact, I think 11 points up on Spurs, 14 points up from where we were last year. While all the teams who were competing with us are actually at the same point that they were last season, Chelsea, exact same points at this stage. Leicester, one point up on this stage. We've improved. The City have improved. Everyone else has stayed stagnant. So this idea of the league is just shit, so that's where you are, it's, it's categorically untrue. 
Jose so, well, Mourinho has regressed because he's a right. clown driving a clown car in the freaking circus at his Spurs. Okay, well, let's focus on the top of the league then. Um, you guys are, if you win your game in hand, right? Let's look at City here. If you win your game in hand, you're eight points away from Manchester City with six games to go. City, we'll talk about and They lost against Leeds 2-1. Um, well, I don't know how they lost this game. The stats were just so stacked in City's favor. Nathan Ake started though, so that's true. Um, the red card to Leeds, like you know, with a whole playing a whole half against ten men, um, it was insane. Obviously, the the last minute goal and all that good stuff. But with that loss there, and we'll get into the game details a little bit more. Bernie, I'm not trying to say or suggest anything, but surely there's a, a slight glimmer. Six points to go. City are in the Champions League. You guys are in the Europa, so you think you know the toll. Is a little bit kind of more the pressure for 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 uh, City to kind of perform in the Champions League is a little bit more the United in the Europa. I feel like it's not likely, but six points with oh, sorry eight points with six games to go, not impossible. I mean, there's precedent in the sense of the last the Aguero season. You know that Aguero season, United it was almost at this exact stage actually in the season where. United had an eight-point lead over City and then lost that lead. It was about the same thing. However, we're talking about Man City, who I believe had previously won the league. I don't think that was their first time against Man United, right? This is, no matter what I'm talking about with the improvement, we're not there yet. So I don't believe that we're going to do a madness here. If we it would have to be a freak play. event, for sure. Well, it would, yeah, but... City would have to lose almost every game, which I, I just don't see happening. <laughs> I don't. No, the, the, like this city team is way too good. Like, obviously, they had an off day, and they did rest a bunch of players. Um, like Zinchenko actually played in midfield, which is <laughs> that's out of midfielder. position. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's now out of position for him. Um, and like, it was a freak. It was a freak. I mean, you know, Stuart Dallas, who I maintain sounds like a, a porn star more than he does a footballer, with two excellent goals. In fact, uh, Gordo at Gordo9020 on Twitter says, Stuart, the Cookstown Carfu Dallas should be in the Premier League team of the year every, in every single outfield position discussed. I don't even know where Stuart Dallas actually plays. I feel like he does play every position on the pitch anyway. <laughs> yeah, also, I, also the Leeds yeah. players all look way too similar at some points that I just start to get really confused watching the games. Like Dallas and Phillips, and it just starts to be like, I got to really focus and to think, you know, who's who sometimes. Um, but the, yeah. Stuart Dallas has been, has been a really good player this season. Phillips has been, I mean, he's made it into the most likely going to make it on the plane to, well, I don't think they need to get on a plane anymore, on but on the bus to the, the Euros. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those two have been phenomenal for Leeds, for sure. Obviously, people talk about the Bamfords and their Phineas, etc. Mm-hmm. But I think the midfield for Leeds has been really good this season obviously you know they, they can improve and you know leads can be hot and cold but those two specifically um have been really good and created a really good partnership for leads in midfield they've been fantastic look, dallas has seven goals in the premier league that is quite impressive it's like how did he get that many goals and we didn't know that <laughs> you know what i mean it's crazy yeah um, but also if you look at the stats from this game i mean you've got city with 39 crosses, zero saves to be made by Ederson. Um, you know, no goal kicks. City did not have to take any goal kicks. What? It's like, it's just insane. Corner kicks, you know, nine of them, 71% possession. 
um, 14 shots off target, nine blocked shots, seven on target to like Leeds is two in total. Like it's just the stats this game. This was a smash and grab by Leeds for sure. And, you know, we talk about City and can they slip? And even with this result, you can still see that it was quite a strong performance for them, even though they had a lot of kind of Torres played and like Alex Adjinsenko played and Ake played. So, yeah, it was it was a freak result. Um, it, 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 it was, was a not, freak yeah. result, but the problem is that, you know, even though I think there were only three chances, three occasions where I saw this, but every time that, Le- uh, not Leicester, Leeds did counterattack with Rafinha, it looked dangerous. And I know it was like a handful of times, but you just kind of felt it wouldn't take much to cause you a problem. And it did, because there was the one where Aderson, he did a, it was a crazy, it was an incredible slide tackle on Rafinha. It wasn't a save, it was a slide tackle, which was impressive. I felt Rafinha should have dinked it before, because he took that one extra touch to take it wider, and I thought, mm. Mm, no. But still, that was enough for, to, to make me wonder, hmm, they get another one of these, that's not going to mess that up. And it's, again, the same way you play against Man City. The exact same way. Everyone who's beaten them, Wolves did double over them last season, did the exact same thing. Of We're just going to send Adamachari through, and you're not going to do anything. <laughs> and it's, it's when, the, when the weakness is that obvious, it's the only thing that makes me wonder, you know, Champions League, that type of thing, right? Like, can you win Champions League when your weaknesses are that glaringly? Well, when you have Mbappe instead of Rafinha running at you, can you, you know, can you win that game? Um, but yeah, I mean, again, top of the table is still still kind of seems quite decided for City to win the league there. I think their focus is going to be the Champions League for the next coming weeks, but you never know what's going to happen. I do want to ask a question before we move on, though, mm-hmm. because I think it was a... We talk about it. I think a lot of people talked about it this weekend. Raheem Sterling... Mohamed, mm, you threw him off. You threw him away. Uh, he's, he's on track to have his worst season statistically. In the last three, he has been a you know important player for them. We think he's a system player. Alex does not. Do you do you think that this Raheem Sterling thing <laughs> can keep going on positively? Define system player because like he was good I, at Liverpool. Where he wasn't that good. He was young. He was good. Better at City. No, he, he was he was good when he, was he okay. when he was when he was kind of at Liverpool. He was good when he was being judged in the lens of a youngster, um, which is fine, and that's why City bought him. He's seen you know there's a lot of potential there. It's just does I know he's got you know the goal. I, people bring up a couple of goals, but I don't feel like he's a player that can change the game and kind of take take it on his back and do the things that maybe you know De Bruyne doesn't have system or even Amaris I feel like I would feel much more confident with Amaris coming up with the Amaris is not a system Sterling player for that that's team. actually his problem no <laughs> so I just feel like I don't know Sterling has always been this conundrum where I just he has his great moments three months and everyone's like yes great but then when the dust kind of settles I just don't think he's world class I obviously he's good but I just don't think he's that good Alex, let me. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this your way because for me, what was it? De Bruyne didn't play. Um, Morris didn't Gu- play. De Bruyne didn't play. Gundogan did he? Gundogan came on. I think Foden came on. But yeah, like the big guns stayed on the bench. It was Raheem Sterling as far as big guns go, right? Like he was yep, it. Sure. And I think this shows that if you want Raheem Sterling to carry a team, he's not going to do it. He he profits off of other people's good work and his own movement and all that stuff. But I don't think I want Raheem Sterling to be my focal point. I don't. I don't think that makes any sense. I don't. I, know what I don't. Yeah. No. I like City have so many other options. They 
just the thing they don't need him to be like again i've said it before but like a couple seasons ago when when city won their first league title under pep sterling was that guy he did carry them a number of games scored solo goals scored last minute winners like he was he was it um the team has just evolved to the point where they don't need him to be that guy and that's a good thing because you, you yeah like he's he's an effective player he scores a lot of goals less so this season than than the past three but he scores a lot of goals and he gets a lot of assists and he doesn't look stunning doing it, but he gets it done. Um, but like, if you want, you know, he's, he's not going to have the influence of a De Bruyne or someone more technical. Alex, here's a question for you. Can you think of a scenario where, you know, we, we talk about Sterling as whatever, a top player. Can you think of a scenario where a team has Sterling as the top of their transfer targets, where they're going to go and spend a hundred million on him and give him 300 K a week? I don't see any team, I mean, even, even having him in the top five transfer targets. No, but then I also don't know what we're trying to prove with that question. Like I, there are so few, there's like three players in the world I'll, that would I'll, actually make that list. I'll give an example of what I think is that what it may have been going with that in a reduced way. Marcus Rashford can score as many goals as Raheem Sterling can score at Man City, but he cannot drag Man United to do anything the way Marcus Rashford does. That's the difference, and that's what, that's what I'm getting at, in that if you swap them, Marcus Rashford would do the same thing, if not more. But Raheem Sterling cannot do what Rashford does with Manchester United. It's, it's, it's not possible. I forget I any team called- that requires... Uh, talisman or whatever you want to call it, it will never happen. For Raheem Sterling. I actually think Rashford, um, Sterling would be great in this United side. Mm, it would, it would no. suit him. It would suit him very, very well. I think it's called dragability. That's that's <laughs> that's what you're looking for. Anyways, dragability. yeah, dragability. Let's end it on dragability there at top of the table. Let's move on to top four. Um, Liverpool. <laughs> you mean, you mean top eight? Yeah, 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 top eight, trying to trying to get into that top four spot. Um, they finally won a game at Anfield. Is that that sounds right? Uh, they yeah. scored an open play goal there. That's that's an improvement. There's also that. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> this was dicey, and we talked about. I think we'll get to the Champions League. We, we're going to talk about Trent a lot more, but he kind of tried to redeem himself a little bit from the weekend, and he posted on Twitter, you know, are you not entertained and all that good stuff, and you're like, bro. <laughs> like you just got humiliated two days ago. This is not the time to act all high and mighty. Just shut up and play well. <laughs> I swear. But this one was this one was very fifty fifty up until you know Salah doing his thing where he just stat pads and we say it like it's a crazy thing, but you know, he gets his goal and Trent did save them at the very end there. But I think Liverpool really needed that win to kind of make my prediction come true where they will creep into that top four spot. Yeah, you did say that you thought yeah. they would. What, what, uh, where are they at in terms of? They're currently uh, 52 points, which means they're only three points out of the top four with Chelsea and West Ham above them. So, Games in hand or anything? No, no. All equal points. They're at 52. And then Leicester in third, they're at 56. So they're only four points away from third. I think this perf- this game could be... You know, sometimes you have that mental block and then like right. you're just released and then you can perform because not winning a game at home and not scoring a goal from open play, it can weigh on you, right? Now that they've done well, that. What happens when Madrid re-blocks you on Wednesday? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also Adfield. I'm just saying. There's a, there's a re-blockage possibility. <laughs> play the game at the, at the training ground. So that at Liverpool's training ground. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I felt like this was a game where Villa are a good team. You just needed the three points any way you could get them. Um, and 
you know, Mane was uh, was kind of rested. I'm going to say rested for this game. He did come on at the end to try and uh, try and rescue it. But I don't know. He guess still. Uh, it's, it's not looking unlikely that they might finish top four and kind of save in quotations save their season. If I think I agree with you that they'll squeeze in. Um, it might be my whole Leicester will fall thing with West Ham. Um, but then again, Leicester might be the ones who fall out. So there's even more room for Liverpool to get in there. Like, we'll, we'll, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think Liverpool will get in there. I do feel like in this game, though, if Grealish was playing, I think we would still have the mental block <laughs> for Liverpool mm-hmm. because Villa did really well considering mm-hmm. their main creative outlet wasn't there and Ross Barkley was trying his best. And Trezeguet tried to step up. But then he got injured, so that, was, that ended all hope. Yeah, uh, I will take that opportunity to talk about Leicester though, because there is nothing more fun than <laughs> than Leicester City players when they decide to go to a party. There was the Thailand episode, there was the Vardy's party when they won the league, and now Wes Morgan, Harvey Barnes, and a couple of other players have gone to a Jose Perez's house for a party, broken COVID protocols, got kicked out of the squad on the weekend, and they've lost. Three two, and like it, it, it was like it's be... substitutes and injured players, <laughs> except they. <Ayoli. laughs> yeah, but the problem is they can't be involved now because you know they could have been exposed to COVID. And allegedly, Rogers like had a, according to the Athletic article, Rogers had a meeting with the whole squad like fairly recently, being like, "Listen, we're nearly there. You need to be super professional now. Just a few weeks left, and then steady. they go and do this steady, like steady. <laughs> you say steady one more time." Um, <laughs> It's just sensational uh, pre-bottling behavior from a club that loves to bottle a big moment, apart from obviously winning the league. I'm telling you, I, I have this feeling, like Bernie said, Leicester will be the ones to drop out, even though they have that third spot quite solid for the whole season. I just feel they're going to drop out of that top four. I just don't, I don't think they have the gas in them to, to keep going. And I know they kind of performed better in the last, whatever, 20 minutes of this game, but that's just what West Ham do, right? So I, I still don't have to play uh, Man United, Chelsea, and Spurs. The, hmm. the problem, Alex, is that you know, a like we said, like you said, the running is tough for them. But Mohamed what was, what was Alex. Yeah, Alex was like, you know, they like a bottle job except for winning the league. It's this is this is Brendan <laughs> Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers <laughs> likes a bottle job, and I love what happens with Brendan Rodgers. And this is another episode. Lets me go off on my on my enemies. We start praising Brendan Rodgers and how great he is and how Mohamed goes, he'd be a good Arsenal manager. And this, 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 and this. If you keep bottling shit, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, there's something wrong with you. And I don't he think won you want Brendan 4, Rodgers. 4,000 league titles and cups and stuff at Celtic. Oh, I mean, it, I know it's Celtic. But a, a, epoxy League matters now. Get out of my face. Oh, <laughs> we've got Scottish <laughs> listeners, Bernie. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. No, like, if, if he bottles this, and this is a big if he can still get there. If he does bottle this, then his reputation is a bottler of a manager. That's not a good thing. Like, there's nothing to build on if you're bottling all the time. To be fair, to be fair, the one thing he bottles really well is youth. I mean, he's been trying to do that for like five years now. The new, the new girlfriend, the hair transplant, the, the creams, and all that. Like, trying to look as hip as possible. He he's doing that well. So let's give him that. He has a Sephora account, one hundred percent. Um. What I was going to say is, like, I agree to an extent, but B, I'm not even sure you'd expect them to finish top four, really, when you look at the club around. So, yes, it would be a bottle job from the position he got them to, but he got them to the position. 
All right. Well, let's let's focus a little bit on West Ham, who started this game on fire again. They're little little buzzing around people, you know, Lingard, Bowen, Fornells, etc. No, um, doing all of doing, doing all of this without uh, <laughs> without Declan Rice. Um, and I thought again, they started on fire. They did this thing where they've been doing it for three games. They go three nil up, and then they really want to concede as many goals as they can and keep it as <laughs> as um, exciting as possible towards the end. But I thought again, Lingard, obviously, and maybe we want to talk about him, but I feel like it's been done. I just want to focus a little bit on Suchek. I know people know he's a good player, and we've kind of he's been showing up this season and all that stuff, but. This game, man, like he just showed how good he is in both ends of the field. He was phenomenal when they were up and, you know, up and flying in the first half, etc. First 15 minutes of the second half and doing his attacking bit. And then the last 15 minutes, especially after um, the Leicester first goal, kind of that first goal trying to come back at things were getting a little bit um, dicey. I just thought he did everything in his power and all of a sudden just became a defensive player. And every single cross coming into the box was him heading it away. And I just thought so versatile and showing both sides of his game. And, and it was a really good performance. I'm curious as to how tall he is because you're right. Very. He does get everything in the air defensively and in attack as well. If I had, and he, if I had to guess, I'd say 6'5". Let's see. He is 1.92 meters. 6'4". Yeah. Big lad. But very technically mm-hmm. solid as well. And like the brain is there. The technical ability is there. The pass to Bowen for that goal was really nice from a big guy. Like he just, he was phenomenal this game. Yeah. You know who wasn't? Mohamed, back to your point about why a goalkeeper is coming out and making life easy for the strikers. Schmeichel is an excellent goalkeeper, but I have no idea what he was doing on that second goal. Why is he there? That's it, but it's all keepers. Why are you involved? Let the player do his job and score a really tough goal. But the minute you come out, and so many keepers do this, you're just it's an open goal. It's literally an open goal. It but doesn't make any sense. But it's about how you come out, right? Because to Alex's point, he when he did come out, he came out way too late anyway. Because at that point, it's a two on one. He should have come out mm-hmm. right from the get go, right? Like we saw this in the United Spurs game. When the ball came over, Henderson was out in a flash. Before you could even think about it, he was out there. Schmeichel was like, should I, should I not? Once you start thinking, should I, should I not, you're done. You shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like true. Mendy will tell you that. So don't do it. <laughs> Mendy doesn't even think. Um, but yeah, no, it's true. You either have to be right on top of it or, or just not at all. Um, Hinacho, though. Hinacho, yeah. two more goals. I mean, on a personal level, he's been killing it recently. Just phenomenal player. The, the first goal was, it wasn't the first goal. I think, yeah, that strike, I believe, correct? It was a great, um, yeah, that was yeah. a really clean strike. Yes, yes. It was a very, very good strike. And I think Vardy has slowed down. Like, they're lucky that Inacho is mm-hmm. like scoring yes. all these goals because Vardy's having a bit of a tougher time. So good on Brendan realizing that and playing with two. I mean, you can't keep Inacho out on this form anyway. But um, speaking of technique, that we will talk about Lingard because the technique on that first goal was brilliant. Like mm-hmm. the way the ball just dropped right in front of him. That is actually difficult technique because you can balloon that one over the bar. But he kept his body over it, hit it sweetly, and he's been hitting goals. I think he's been scoring like some really technically mm-hmm. astute goals recently. And you forget that United, he actually was scoring a lot of good goals as well in cup finals, like the one against Palace and stuff like that. He has it. But now in a team that lets him run, 
because it's what West Ham do. We talk about them playing well, and they do, but the West Ham way of playing still is sit back, soak up pressure, and then release. It works very well for someone like Lingard, who operates in a lot of space and operates well in space. Tottenham would love David Moyes right now <laughs> because that's what Mourinho, how he wants to play, but he can't because he's a fraud. Okay. Well, speaking of frauds that stepped up uh, this week, Havertz played as a center forward again. He defrauded um, himself. Yeah, and yeah, he did. Um, he was in that freezer, and then he defrauded himself. Um, I was just, you know, we were talking about the last time he did it, and it's like, is he going to do it? Is this possible? And then he really played some good center forward play this game. Like it wasn't just tappings or whatever. Like he was making the runs. The Oh, the best thing he did was even a goal he didn't score this yep. game. That ball over the top from, I think, Jorginho, if I'm not mistaken. Usually. Um, and then just that first touch and then the right foot finish. And, man, if, it, if that had gone in, that would have been up there for the season. Um, that I thought, reminded me of, you know, the, the Gaza goal against Scotland in mm-hmm. Euro 96 where he flicks it over the defender and volleys mm-hmm. it. Oh, like, it was just so good. Except this one, he took, like, the first touch was off the long ball. Like, it was yeah. just so good. It was a Burkamp moment. I was yeah. going to say Burkamp against Leicester, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of, yeah. Um, but I uh, just want to put it out there. Chelsea's arguably best attacking performance. Who wasn't playing? <laughs> No, Timo. no, come Big on. Timo wasn't, he, I'm he, just saying. I know, but Timo has statistically been the most involved attacking player for them goals and assists. Like, Mohamed, he's always playing. Mohamed, the problem is when you play Timo Werner, it becomes an exercise in chaos. It's, <laughs> it's basically a refined-ish Sonogo. And I say ish because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even that sure if he's more <laughs> refined. Who did, you, who did you liken him to last week, was it? It was someone like super oh, bad. Oh, Daniel James. Daniel James, enough, yeah. and now the no-go. Like, this is getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> because he's bad. I'm sorry. He's been very bad. Look he, at the way Pulisic played. Pulisic he's played. been good. It, he's good. It's, it's a very composed game that Pulisic played with, with um, Havertz. You know, one-twos all over the place. Like, they were really enjoying it. I have himself. to say, you can't do that with Werner. I'm sorry. The first 20 minutes of this game was a joy to watch from Chelsea. And Chelsea mm-hmm. have been getting results recently, but they've not been watchable. But the 20, first 20 minutes of this game was actually like glued to the TV. You know, Hudson Odoi, Chilwell doing fantastic jobs in the, in the wing backs. Kovacic and Jorginho was running this game. I was going to say, phenomenal performance. If Jorginho has any space to play his game, yeah. that's when Chelsea looked good. And it was just such, like, I was actually riveted to the TV for the first 20 minutes of this game. They played some beautiful stuff. We, we, we were saying it's a training exercise, and you were like, it's easier. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's how good they were. And on Jorginho, um, I know Dennis, a couch critic, CFC, he is a very big Jorginho fan. And I didn't know, because I don't, you know, hang out with Chelsea fans, but uh, apparently there's a love-hate <laughs> relationship with Jorginho where 50% mm-hmm. of them really like him, mm-hmm. and the other 50% hate him. And I'm like, really? Like, I didn't know that, like, that was the case. I thought they just liked him. No, oh, no. He's, he's their Shaka, bro. Yeah. Who likes Shaka? Part of, it was, part of it was because, you know, you remember how the Chelsea fans just, like, weren't having sorry and, like, screamed at him to leave the club even though he was doing absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Part of it, I think, stemmed from Jorginho being sorry's guy and, like, mm-hmm. being the embodiment of sorry ball. Um, and then Lampard came in and, like, dropped him and, you know... 
not their favorite, but there, there's there's some stat where like if he plays, they mm-hmm. basically win. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it's, he's their Shaka. Like the sacks, the stats kind of back him up. He, he divides the the fat opinion big time. It was like you know manager favorite here and then. Like, why are you just... committing crimes? Like why, why? are you doing this? Shaka. What? Yeah, it's it's no it's, 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 it's say, no 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 no. You don't you, you don't see Arsenal Twitter. There's a lot of we are so better with Shaka, and you guys don't don't respect him enough. And yeah, it's it's a really? thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a thing. Alex, please confirm. It's, it, no, this is true. It's the internet, but you can find you can find fans of anything. Yeah, I mean, no, you but can, like literally not, anything. Not to the levels that Mohan is saying, because like like fifty fifty. Really? I, d- I don't know. Who knows? I, I well, like, would say, but, yeah, 60 well, let, 40. Let, let's say 50 50 of the hyper online and yeah. Arsenal Twitter sphere, which doesn't mean 50 50 of Arsenal fans. <laughs> it just, you know. The ones who make noise. <laughs> amongst that mental component. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, speaking of, speaking of, we, we did beat, we, we did win a game Battled comfortably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We destroyed them. I mean, we showed our levels. Wait, wait, guys, um, guys, 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 guys. Yeah. Please go off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Finally, we won a game. Um, Alex, how, how did you feel about I mean, the lineups were promising, I would like to say. Sort of, except, you know, when the game started, you were, you, oh, neither yeah. you or I had any idea what was going on because, like, it was we a knew Kier- formation. is out for the season, so yeah. we knew that left back was going to be an issue. We did not necessarily expect world's slowest man, Granite Xhaka, to play there. But yep. if there's anything that tells you that Sheffield United are rubbish this season, it is the fact that they came up against a left back, Granite Xhaka, and didn't do anything to him. And a left wing back, Danny Ceballos. I swear, I su- I, you cannot convince me otherwise. Ceballos was playing left wing back when we were in attack, <laughs> and then center mid, we were in defense. I'm 100% convinced of that. I just watched it over and over trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Well, how, and, did he, how did he get yeah. so high up for that flick to Lacazette, though? Bruh, don't, don't, ask, don't ask us anything about the formation. All we know is that it worked. Bakayo Saka played number 10, which was, everybody thought he was going to play left back for sure from the, mm-hmm. from the looks of the formation. But it was a great decision to play him number 10, really linked the defense and attack very well. Um, that goal was, was Wenger ball. That one was a phenomenal ball. Thomas Partey to Saka to uh, Sebaez and the flick to Lacazette, who finally had two very good composed finishes this game as opposed to what we saw in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Martinelli finally played instead of Willian, which just gave us energy and Chaos in a good way, you know, someone that wants to make something happen, someone that's not worried about every touch and what people are going to say online, you know, like people, and that's a little bit on us too, but we are behind him, so it's okay for him to make some mistakes, but the flip side is that he makes stuff happen, he scored a goal, um, I thought, you know, Partey's assist for Lacazette's third goal was beautiful, that was gorgeous. brilliantly weighted where he didn't have to take a touch, and just overall, we seemed quite, you know, fine, like, we won a game com- comfortably that we should have for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's it's not often in the last few years where you go into a game with, with and Arsenal just meet your expectation, and you're not looking for anything more. Than, like, like this is a team we should beat, and they do it comfortably. It's it was refreshing. The, um, you guys were nervous, though, yeah. Weirdly, beginning oh, of the yeah. game, because I was watching Mohamed like literally have a nervous breakdown on Twitter <laughs> before the goal. He, you know about the formation, about how you were playing. And he said that this feels like the last days of Emery, where you don't even know what's happening. You just know it's spiraling. And at that point, I was like, "He's they've broken Mohamed. Like, they've, like, 
be fair, before our before our first goal, our first goal came in the thirty thirtieth minute. Before our first goal, it was looking quite disappointing. We were not putting enough pressure. The you know Sheffield looked way too good on the counter. They had a good chance, and it was looking extremely depressing. And also, it doesn't take much to, to, to drop into that spiral with Arsenal. Like, you know, you don't need to wait for the whole game. All you need to see is 10 bad minutes, and you just get on Twitter. Yeah, or Granit Xhaka wing back, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. It puts the fear of God into you. Um, <laughs> just before we, before we move on um, from Sheffield United, uh, we do have a uh, friend and listener, Will, who's a Sheffield United fan, who Legend. I know is... Uh, sorry? Legend, I said. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um, who is looking to put a championship-focused podcast together. So if we have listeners who support championship teams, you don't have to be in Canada. You can be wherever you like, obviously, because no one's ever seen each other in person ever again. Um, <laughs> get in touch with us, and we'll put you in touch with him. Just a little little shout out there. So he's just kind of getting ready for life in the championship. 100%. Eh? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. A realist. Yeah, I was going to say. That's, we need more of those. Yeah. My initial reaction was, I can put you in touch with some Norwich. Oh, never mind. <laughs> wait, wait. Is the math over? Are they relegated? Yeah. I mean, are they? Oh, yeah, like they mathematically? Are, right? I, I mean... ago, right? Well, 32 minus 14, that's 18 points. There are seven games to go. Bro, it is not over. It's on. It's on. <laughs> it's not over. They need 2.7 points from every game for the rest of the season while Newcastle slump. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, funny uh speaking of funny sorry i'm just going to chuck this in because we've had a last minute question submission um <laughs> this one comes from uh toronto spurs at spurs canada um how much thrust would be needed to put a manager uh into low earth, <laughs> low earth orbit <laughs> well, well alec don't miss out the best part sans shuttle suit or shoot <laughs> true yes without a shuttle a suit or a shoot you know what i'm trying to do he Mourinho is 74 kilograms so you could do some math. You could literally put some equations together and figure out if the payload is 74 kilograms, how much thrust do you need? My, my well, Bernie idea, and I are not doing this, so it's, this no, is all on you. No, but to, to help out to reduce the payload, I just think don't feed him any bread or any cheese at all <laughs> for just a couple of days. And then give him you know, tons of milk. Be, be, be like Ole with, with his son. Don't feed him at all. And I'm pretty sure you can launch Mourinho because I'm pretty sure that's what... Spurs, Spurs kind of tour is getting out here. He wants to throw Mourinho into the sun. Yeah, <laughs> so. you know, I would like to take a step back and just, in all seriousness, talk about Sheffield just for a minute. Please. Their schedule, it, it's actually not impossible. <laughs> Look, Come listen on. to this. Listen oh, to no. this. Oh, no. Wolves, okay. Brighton, Spurs, fine. Crystal Palace, Everton, Newcastle, Burnley. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, if every you wanted to run in to make it possible. Like, if you were going to handpick the teams you were going to play, these are them. Especially Spurs, yes. So yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> your hardest game is potentially Spurs slash, you know, forget everything. So I'm just saying, you Brighton, might. Brighton, mate. You might. The hardest game is Brighton right. because of that XG. <laughs> I mean, they also get to play, you know, Burnley, Newcastle, Brighton, Crystal Palace. Like, you know, Crystal Palace Palace the last one. No, Burnley's the last one. Oh, okay. We we didn't talk about this in the Chelsea segment, but Crystal Palace are on the beach. 
They do yeah. not give a shit. Yeah, and Burnley are in the pubs from 6 a.m. this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> also, can you you can't really blame Palace? Like Roy is really uh, old. Like once he's safe, like at that point you just say, Roy, it's all good. Well, he's got a thing. He's got a finite amount of energy that he has to distribute over seasons. Yeah, so. seriously. Imagine not- imagine Roy being stressed on the last day. Like, I, would not, <laughs> I would not want that for him. <laughs> also, like he's probably in bed by seven. <laughs> After that, you can do what you like. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Zaha's out of bed at seven. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry, sorry. Zaha. Yes. Just to touch on Zaha. I've never seen someone so stressed in my life. Like, this guy, I get it. He didn't want to be there. But, mate, he's angry all the time for nothing. Nothing at all. He wants to fight everybody. Like, rah. Oh, Bernie, Bernie, you know from playing football how frustrating sometimes it can get when your style is just such a mismatch with the style of the team that you're on. Like, he's been doing this for how many seasons now where every season he tries to claw his way out of there and just get, you know, forget Arsenal, get to Spurs, get there and everything, get to the team that it resembles a little bit of fluidity and a little bit of flair. And he's just been stuck with all this talent and skill at Crystal Palace. Like, it gets to you eventually. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. And, and also, I think there's an element... Of he has to find a way to motivate himself to play for this team to challenge for absolutely nothing apart from like maybe scraping 14th or something. He's got to find some motivation from somewhere, and I think he just he's just building agendas to to make him get himself through the day. You know what? A man who builds agendas to get himself through the day, I, it's a matter after my own heart. <laughs> oh, how the tables have turned. Um, speaking of uh, relegation battles, West Brom smashed Southampton three 0 and uh, Cam at Cam H on Twitter says, you laughed last week. Everyone questioned my football knowledge. Uh, West Brom 3, Southampton 0. Big Sam is inevitable. Um, that, this, uh, the context being that um, Cam predicted that West Brom would make it um, out from the relegation zone. Um, they're starting I've looked to, at the table. I mean, it's been a good couple though. of weeks, but they still need a lot of points. But also, Pereira starting to step up. He's just like kind of play, playing as fluid as he can. Um, Dianga has started to... Like, they've played better. They've been watchable for, what, two mm-hmm. weeks now. And, you know, obviously, um, Ainsley Maynard now is best midfielder in the league. He's kind of stepping up for the man of the match today. I would, I, I, would, I would say if I had to pick someone to get out of there, I would pick West Brom before Fulham, even though, you know, I mean, if West Brom actually win their game in hand, they're above Fulham. So I would, yeah, I mean, if someone has to get out of there, I would say West Brom before Fulham for me. But you looked at their fixtures last week and you nearly killed yourself true. laughing. That's also I, true. I don't believe they'll do it. And just because <laughs> I'm going to put my neck out there because I'm one for a Twitter fight. So I'm coming after Cameron when it doesn't work out and he can come after me when it, if it does. To be, to be fair, Cameron is starting in a much worse position. It's not a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> like you're trying to act all high and mighty with a team that is eight points in the relegation. So. This is true. <laughs> But he, hey, he picked the fight. It's it's up to him. Um, um, he he also just says uh, when does Mourinho's legacy begin to turn sour if it hasn't already? And I think we've covered that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a while ago. Extensively, as he's yeah. orbiting in space. <laughs> I, I I I do have a a quote that I think sums up West Brom. Hmm. Um, it's see to live is to suffer, but to survive, well, that's the fine meaning in the suffering, and that is DMX, and I think that sums up. Sam Allardyce, <laughs> very, very well. That is both appropriate and impressive. I was going to guess Buddha. Oh, no. <laughs> no. 
All right. Uh, Burnley won, Newcastle two. Um, they've got Sam Maximum and Callum Wilson back, so they can potentially win some games now. Uh, Wolves beat Fulham 1-0. Adama Traore's first goal in 48 games. Mental. Um, enough. Let's do the Champions League. Yes. Or the Classico. You, cho- you choose. No, let's go. T- uh, whatever. Classico can, lead, Classico can lead to uh, Champions League. The Champions League. Okay. All right. So I will obviously watch this game. I, I love me a classical. Um, even after kind of it went down in the ratings a little bit, blah, blah, blah. But I still love it. Um, and this was just, it was a really good game, man. The second half, it was raining so hard. It felt like the players were being like warriors. Like they were just trying, you know, Barca really trying to get back in the game at the end of that game. Um, it just felt like it was such a good watch. Um, and it really highlighted how good Madrid are playing right now mm-hmm. without three of their starting back four. I mean, you look at this lineup and they've got Mendy is their only player in the back four that is um, a starter. They've got Nacho at center back, Militao. They've got Lucas Vasquez at right back. You know, just Courtois has also been stepping up tremendously this season for them. He's been, you know, at the start, you remember the banter when he showed mm-hmm. up and he could barely hold a, you know, catch a ball. Um, Casemiro finally got a red card. It just feels like it doesn't happen often enough for the way he plays, but what a brilliant player. He is just phenomenal against Liverpool, against Barca. Modric and Cruz, obviously. Benzema stepping up. Ju- uh, Vinicius, again, just chaos, but really good chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I thought, Barca didn't show up at all until the very end where they, you know, after they scored their goal around the, I think it was like the 60th minute. They played really well the last half an hour, hit the post in the dying seconds of the game. But this was so much fun. And I know people, you know, don't watch it as much without the Ronaldo and with Messi kind of strolling around, not doing much. But this was one that was really worth it. I, I thought it was that... also... Sorry, go on, Alex. I was just going to say it was a huge result. Real Madrid because it, it leaps frog leapfrogs them over Barcelona and puts them within a point of Atleti now because of their result on the weekend, which we, we can move on to. But go ahead, Benny. I, I just want to say I, I, I loved Karim Benzema's goal. And I think this is if, if there's a game where you give him his flowers, because Sidlow said this, and I and I don't think it's controversial in context. The best player in Spain right now is Karim Benzema. And and Lionel Messi's obviously goat and whatever and can turn it on when he feels like it. But with his up and down, you know, mental attitude and whatever, Benzema has been the consistent force in the league of the season. Mm-hmm. And he showed it because he did run the show. And you look at the other players on show, a lot of youth, a lot of old guys in both teams. It's not the galactical era of either team. And Benzema is the, is the one constant. So I just wanted to give him, a, give him his props. Has he turned the highlights into a music video yet? <laughs> it, it soon come, soon come. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but yeah, as I said, uh, moves Real Madrid within one point of Atleti, who drew uh, away at Betis. Um, and I was watching the highlights, and I was just like, Betis have some funny players, man. Claudio Bravo was in goal, standing on his head. Just mm. Insane performance to keep Atleti out. Uh, Mark Bartra, Christian Tello scored the goal. Like the, these what? little Barca B players, just like. Joaquin, away, Joaquin will just die in that field. Like they're gonna bury him <laughs> mm-hmm. in that stadium. Is right it? in the center circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scattered dashes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Atleti. It looks like Atleti are really gonna bottle this with eight games to go. They're not gonna hold on to that top spot. I don't Speaking think Madrid. I mean, yeah. I mean, just Zidane as well. I know we moved on, but Zidane, man. Like people. There's all been this talk about the flukeness of it all and the Ronaldo this and the... I just think, man, just give the guy his props. 
he is as good as a manager as he was a player. Phenomenal performance against Liverpool. Phenomenal performance against Barca. You know, with a lot of top missing players, bailout on loan, Ronaldo not there anymore, etc. A lot of injuries. He just is managing the squad so well. And if he wins La Liga this year, like just we just got to stop trying to come up with excuses for him. He deserves all the success he's getting. But can he do it on a anywhere else? Cold, and rainy any, night in a, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a training stadium. Even yeah. a wet, misty night in Turin. So just, give me, just give me one other scenario. That's all I want. Do you say I that think, about Messi? Yes. I mean, no. <laughs> you, can do it than, you can do it better than the sommelier in, in Turin. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm confident of that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, Champions League. I mean, let's stick with, let's, let's stick with, with Madrid, I guess. They annihilated Liverpool uh, I thought, and a lot of it did come down to Trent, unfortunately, down the right side. But overall, it just the midfield. We talked about this. We said Madrid's midfield would be way, way too much for um, for Liverpool and the way Liverpool are playing right now. And it was true. They just, oh man, Cruz, Modric, Casemiro, they absolutely dominated this game, and it was just a show of just class overall. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. It, it did show you how, how far Liverpool's levels have dropped in this year. Because if you think about, like, who would you want to go up against uh, a, a tiny Modric, a, a slow Cruz, uh, a kind of, you know, Casemiro, not the most athletic player in the world. You, you would probably pick, like, the, mid, the Liverpool midfield of the, of the title-winning seasons to just go out and bulldoze them. Um, but that's just not Liverpool's midfield right now, even with Fabinho back. No, yeah. I mean, even then they just bypassed them. <laughs> when, I'd like to so, say Tiago. Tiago was dropped, <laughs> probably for the for for the better. Um, I mean, but when it's Navicator coming yeah. in, I don't know. Yeah, mm, yeah. that's a good. I don't point. know about that. Uh, that's a very good. But point. I don't think there's a midfield in the world. I mean, I would just okay. Let me rephrase that. I would say it would take a lot for any current midfield three to to on paper be better than Cruz, Casemiro, and Modric. But it would see, take a lot. You know, you know, the problem is that, and I think what we would have expected with a full, you know, let's say Liverpool of just last season, right? Where you have an athletic midfield. That's how you combat that midfield, right? Mm-hmm. Like with Jordan Henson running around, Fabinho running around, and Van Alden running around. You press like, the hell out of them. You push them back and you press them and you're physical with them. Like, I guess that they can pass the ball great. But like, if I'm running through you, <laughs> like no, no, I think through? I think that's fair. But then, what happens when you're running at Cruz and then he looks up and he and he provides that missile to Vinicius out of nowhere? Like it'll happen. Like you will be caught out of position because you're not going to press perfectly every time. And I just feel like they still have enough talent and quality there to make it happen. I um, don't disagree. I, I just think with the way they performed last season and when was it that Ajax beat them in the Champions League I don't remember when that was a couple years ago it's been a couple years where that midfield has not been as useful let me say in the big moments as we thought but again compared to this Liverpool team night and day I will I will point out the Modric assist to Junior to Vinicius, that, that third goal. He was uh-huh. p- three people running at him as fast as possible, you know, from that corner kick, trying to get the possession back for Liverpool. They were kind of on the up 2 1. Salah scored his goal, his stat, his stat batting goal again. And Modric just looked up, left foot, unreal ball across the top. Um, and he was just gone. He was Did gone. He- and it was phenomenal. 
before we go on to the other games real quick, do you think that the Modric Cruz axis is underrated compared to the Xavi Iniesta axis? No. I think it's getting there now. I think people are starting to realize just how good these two are. Um, and less so in a system. You know what I'm saying? Like Xavi Iniesta really thrived in a 80% possession system. These two were doing it in different ways. Possession, counterattack, whatever it takes kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? While the other two maybe could only do it when it's clicking. And to be fair to them, it clicked, you know, eight out of ten times. I think there's a bit more versatility with these two. Fair, it fair feels enough. harsh to say the others couldn't do it. When they won a World Cup and multiple Champions Leagues? Is that where you're going with that? Well, yeah, but also just like them being in the system doesn't mean they couldn't have done it without it. Just that's what they so, so the question is, can they do it in a cold rainy day in Stoke, which Modric did and in <laughs> <laughs> something to that effect? <laughs> True. Uh, although, you know, Javi did it on a 40 degree day in Qatar. So Tony Cruz couldn't do that. I'm just saying. Yeah, he'd melt. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, City beat uh, Dortmund 2-1. Not as comfortable for City as they would have liked. That is for sure. I mean, the game was comfortable at some, mm. you know, up for, for large parts. And then that goal by, by Royce was quite, a, quite against the run of play. Mm-hmm. And then good on, good on City to kind of... Because if they had come out with this with 1-1 at home, that would have been a very bad position to be in. And then it's, you know, the pep talk and all of a sudden, and, you know, you're going to bottle it again against a relatively not a top team. Right. Yeah, um, playing but they, super. Yeah, it was two one, not three. Yeah, Somehow been operating as if it was three, and this this was in Manchester. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I mean they'll win, but like it sets up an interesting bottle job potential. All they need, all they need to do is is draw um, at Dortmund. But again, Haaland wasn't really on it this game. If he picks it up a little bit next game, you never know, right? Um, it'll yeah. be interesting. But again, Foden just. Class player, man. Class, class player. I mean, uh, yeah. I, yeah. They, they need to do everything they can to just hold on to him. He's he's one for the future, for sure. Why would he go anywhere? Yeah. Where would he go? Why would he go? Well, yeah. things change, especially post-Pep, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's a big supporter of the club, so I think he's one of those that will, that will sign regardless. Yeah. Uh, Bayern 2, PSG 3. This was, this was the cracker. This was, this was the big <laughs> one. Um, yeah. PSG, like we talk about system versus chaos and, and people relying on moments. Like PSG just use their greatest weapon, which is their counterattack, to the fullest they possibly could and got away with it. Bayern created a ton of chances, had so much of the ball. If Lewandowski was there, I really feel it's a different story, but PSG got away with it. Kaylor Navas, I think, broke or equaled the record of the most saves in a Champions League knockout game, etc. So, and I don't feel like a lot of them were really like phenomenal saves. I think it was just quant- it was a bit it was, of quantity yeah. over quality. Mm-hmm. But you're right, PSG just used their their skills. And I think Kimmich came out and talk, spoke after the game and said, "Look, I'm not, you know, I'm confident we can do it in the second leg because we were the better team. We are the better team. And I don't disagree. And we, I think, we all predicted Bayern to come through this because I remember the pod we said PSG have the chaos, but we felt that." Bayern structure would stifle them, which didn't wasn't the case here because, again, Mbappe was just way too good for you know on his own. Neymar coming back was crucial. I don't think they do this without Neymar. Like they did it last game without Neymar, whoever it was against. Um, who did they beat PSG last round? Big team. I think no was. idea. Barca. Barca. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it? 
Oh, yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they did that without Neymar, I believe. I don't think they could have gotten away without Neymar this game. Neymar had a phenomenal performance coming back from injury. Um, that pass to uh, Marquinhos with his left foot, and then, you know, similar to De Bruyne, they were showing De Bruyne to Gundogan, and then the folding mm-hmm. goal, and then they were showing Neymar's to... And Marquinhos' first touch was so soft, and the finish, it was like a striker's finish. Um, now, can... Bayern Munich stop PSG scoring next game? I doubt it. Well, it would help if they started Alfonso Davies and not had him on the bench. That was that was very awkward. to humanity. That was because especially when you know that PSG are literally going to counter the hell out of you and you play a stupidly high line, you need a player that can run with whoever they have running at you. I, 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 don't, I didn't get that whatsoever, like the logic behind that. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Uh, just before we move on from Bayern, though, it sounds as though, I don't think it's confirmed, but it sounds as though uh, Hansi Flick is going to take over Germany. Germany. Yeah. Mm. Um, which will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who they, who they go for. I think he's a, he's a very smart man. It's like, listen, I've won the Champions League, or the tr- they won the treble last season. I'm going to yep. win the league this season. I'm going to go out now. <laughs> Yeah, take the job for life. Do Germany. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's honestly the, how you the replacement do it. will be interesting. And I don't think you can predict the replacement because German clubs do things a bit differently. Bayern will, you know, I don't think it's going to be like Allegri. You know, if we were talking about United or something, it would be very easy. It's one of these two teams, right? One of these two managers, sorry. But with Bayern, you just, they have something up their sleeve. They're a bit like Barcelona in that sense where it's like they're going to look into their youth. They're going to look into their system. And they're going to come up with someone that we did not expect. Xabi Alonso. <laughs> I, think, um, I think it's Nagelsmann time. I think it probably is. And I think Daniel Levy needs to fly to Munich right now and try and sort that out. Or not Munich, Leipzig. Oh, yeah. like Nagelsmann otherwise he's going to get stuck. Or, 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 or go, to Munich and, go to Munich and try and hijack it live. So, you know. <laughs> Chupa um, Moting though, Chupa Moting before we move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, reminds me of the lollipop, Chupa Chups. Yeah. Um, I think he looks a little bit like one if he shaved his head. Anyways, point is, wow. this guy's this guy's career, man. Stoke, PSG, Bayern Munich. I mean, you ask someone if they can do it at Stoke. <laughs> the question was, can you do it at Bayern? And yes, yeah. he can. He got a goal. He has the Stoke. best agent in the game. Literally the best <laughs> agent in the game. Because well, Stoke was free. Everywhere. This yeah. was so the money he got from Stoke. You know, Stoke throwing money at people. Mm-hmm. He went to PSG, and then this may I want to know who his agent is. He's rich, so I mean, it is funny, but uh, from what I've heard, allegedly, he's just like a really nice bloke, and like people just want to be around him, and that's why he's good for the dressing room. You know, where he can go next, he can replace um, what's that Barca striker they got that's useless, Braithwaite. Yeah, maybe he's their next Braithwaite again on a free, tons of money, Barcelona. You know, it's not a bad shout, right. <laughs> It's it's the Boateng role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, what uh, Porto nil, Chelsea two. Chelsea going to the final, man. I'm telling you, super solid. We we talked about this. Be solid defensively, you'll win the Champions League. Mason Mount, man. Mason Mount. What a goal! It was a great goal. Turn and hit. Like, like okay, uh, two nil. They win this game. Great. I don't want to talk about that too much. Interestingly, someone said. Um, one of Madison and or Grealish is not going to the Euros. And it's interesting because Mount definitely is. Oh, oh yeah. Mount's already on the plane. It, I don't think Madison is making it. Grealish is no. the Grealish is probably on there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Madison was making it anyway, frankly. No. But he's not going. Like I don't even think Madison was like playing well. 
Mount is there, <laughs> and then there's one more, and I don't. No, know no, what Mount, one Mount gives you something that that they don't have in that squad. Mm -hmm. They give you that middle player, right? He's not a number ten, and he's not a deep playing player. He's someone that can play kind of between the lines, box to box. So you're thinking, okay, well, who's going to play Phillips, Henderson, or is it Phil? You know, they're going to have two players that are going to sit deep. It's, it might be Phillips and Henderson, might be whatever. Let's call them those guys. You. And then Mount is that guy that can kind of link the attack and the defense, and they don't have anyone like him in the squad. Grealish is a number ten, Madison is a number ten. I think a Probably lot of missing people someone, thought but... that you know he's the Frank's guy. Tuchel's not going to use him, but he's forced his way, and you cannot, in my opinion, drop Mason Mount from club or country. No. And you know Lingard's going to get on the plane now. I'm confident of that. So one of yeah it just it just makes it worse for either madison or grealish but on a chelsea note dropping mason mount is suicidal he's oh, just yeah. been that good you can't do it no england have i mean we'll, we'll do this later but there's a ton of options we we didn't even mention foden in that list and he has to go so like it's yeah yeah so quick quick predictions before we end this city to go through still yeah yeah City to go through Bayern. Ah, oh, it's tough. They still don't have no, I think PSG will go through. I yeah. think they get they'll snatch a draw at least. Yeah. Because think about it, PSG score one goal, Bayern need three. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think there's a factor of just winning it last season. Uh, there's a little bit of edge. I think PSG will have wanting to win it more so. Okay, so PSG are gonna flick Hansi off. Um, <laughs> so that would be. City against PSG in the semi-final, and then Chelsea were expecting to go through against Porto. Um, Real Madrid to hold on against Liverpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so Chelsea, Real Madrid, and City, PSG. Those are good semi-finals. I'm though. telling you, man, this whole this whole knockout round of the Champions League has been one of the best in a long time. Mm -hmm. Even the games were all fun. So cool. Yeah. We look forward to it. Uh, and with that, we'll say goodbye. Peace. We forgot to mention the very important Champions uh, Europa League ties coming up. I I haven't stopped recording. Perfect. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Arsenal play a, a, a season-defining game on Thursday versus racism. Take it out of racism. Yeah. Um, versus racism. <laughs> and then uh, and then I don't know. United are United are pretty much through against Granada. I'm just gonna say Lindelof thinks he's Tony Cruz. What a pass! What a goal, Rashford on one leg. We move. <laughs> also, Roma Ajax. That's fun. That's fun. That, that yeah, that was a fun. Game. Don't even watch United or Arsenal. Just watch Roma Ajax. Like whenever that is. If uh, you know, if United don't win the Europa League now, it's an absolute disgrace. 100. percent It's all on them. You guys are there. By far the best team in the competition. Yeah, but we haven't, like beaten, even we haven't beaten Arteta, so like, there's always that chance. Well, that's because he's, you know, a genius. But <laughs> yeah, A genius in 10th. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want Arteta to stay <laughs> as long as possible. <laughs> He'll be appreciated after he dies. Rainy, don't worry. Our problem is not the manager. Our problems are way, are way deeper Deepa. than that. Alice we'll is like... He'll be appreciated after he dies of what? Stress? <laughs> <laughs> He'll lose his hair and then he won't be able to deal with it. The official reason will be David Luiz. Oh yeah. my God. Anyways, now we can end the pod. All right. All right, lads. We'll talk later. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh 
And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthecoshblog.com.